Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we're joined by the brilliant Jasper Red, and finally, some people in the comedy industry take on the indignities of air travel. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day in Los Angeles. 95 degrees, the projected high. That's down from 99 last night. Yeah. Well, you've become a regular meteorologist lately. Yeah, well, you know. Do you do you check do you high check pressure. like the weather uh, before you come in? Yeah, well, because I got to know what clothes to wear. Okay, you got to plan your day out, Jordan. You can't just you can't just fly by the seat of your pants, or you're going to get stuck in a flannel in the 95 degree weather, like our friend Jasper Red. By the way, our guest on the program, yeah. ah, homie. This Jasper ain't no flannel, Red. dude. You need to feel it before you speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm nicely uh, ventilated over here, so uh, don't now get that's... it confused. <laughs> Is that a, that's like some kind of a poplin, a, a madras, perhaps? I don't know what it's called, actually, but it feels good on my skin. Okay, fair enough. And I and you are not. You don't appear to be pitting out. I'm not getting any kind of musk from you, so I I, I think you're probably fine. What's pitting out, man. You mean stinking? Yeah, like I mean, like saying? your like your your pits start to nah, sweat. Man, my hygiene's top notch. Is pitting yeah. out a thing? Yeah, right? When you get, like, uh, armpit sweat stains, pitting out. That's called pitting out? That's totally called pitting out. I thought that means you're human. I thought that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you're you know, perspiring a little you bit. You know, mammaling out. <laughs> Re- you know, regulating your own body yeah, temperature without having to sun yourself. We've talked about this. We've talked about this guy who was, like, the king of the nice hippies at our college radio station. Was his name Thaddeus? I don't know. You know I don't, the, which, dude, the dude that I was always bringing you are, almond I mean, butter. <laughs> Boy, I mean, you're casting a pretty wide net. <laughs> a nice hippie that brought almond butter. <laughs> that is roughly sixty percent of the population. He at didn't UC Santa go Cruz. to our college. You were you were Jasper. You, you went down to our college radio station once or twice over the years. Um, it was a dude that it was a dude that didn't go to UC Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. I think his name was Thaddeus. Okay, he had some kind of absurd like Civil War reenactor type name. But oh, it was his real you name. You know what? It was Phineas. 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 Wow. Okay, so Phineas was just the nicest dude ever. Like mm-hmm. he was everything you would want in a hippie, which is to say that like he was sort of he, like his life was a little bit of a mess, but he was never without a natural foods treat to offer everyone, like some dried dried apricots or yeah. something like that. So, yeah, a nice a nice uh, carob based trail mix. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and he worked he went to Cabrillo also, College. W- yeah, white people dreadlocks. He definitely yes. had and he had just gross white I mean all white people dreadlocks are gross. <laughs> but some are grosser than others. Uh-huh. <laughs> As Orwell wrote in nineteen eighty four. Um the okay, so Phineas didn't go to UC Santa Cruz. He went to uh he went to Cabrillo College, mm-hmm. local community college and he worked at the food bin, which was a bulk natural food store at the base of the UC Santa Cruz campus. And so he would always be bringing us bulk natural foods. Like, it's what you know, like something like bruised and battered, you could get it for free. Right. So he'd just bring it into the like radio station. a lot station. of bruised fruit. Yeah. So when we say that he always had almond butter, 
That's for real. He would be at the station sitting on the couch in the lobby of the station just passing out almond butter to people. But it was uh, it was battered almond butter. Yeah, it, it was kicked scratch around a little and bit. dent yeah. almond butter. Oh, it was rescue butter? Yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> the but, yeah, the butter was about to be euthanized, <laughs> and he saved it. <laughs> Yeah, and Phineas. Wait, why did I? Why did I start talking about Phineas? Uh, I, I don't know. It wasn't about weather. I know that. Yeah. Well, oh, it's stinkiness. Oh, so Phineas. Hygiene. Yeah. So Phineas. One time, he t- he's <laughs> telling me about how he doesn't eat pork. Mm-hmm. And Phineas was, you know, he's a hippie, so you expect him to be a vegetarian. But he had a very complicated system of vegetarianism that was specifically mm-hmm. about pork. And I'm like. Phineas, how come you don't eat pork? I said, are you Jewish, you know, is, or are you a Muslim? Like, is it is it a religious issue? And he said, no, it's not about cloven hooves. <laughs> um, and I said, well, then how come how come you don't eat pork? Pork tastes really great. I mean, you should know that. Know like, that, please. Pork is super good. Yes. And he said it was because pigs don't sweat. Mm-hmm. And the toxins build up in their body because they can't expel the toxins through their sweat. And so pork is poisonous because it's full of toxins from the pigs because the pigs don't sweat. Kind of what the the jump I'm making here is that poisons are delicious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said to I said to Phineas, what do you think happens when they poop? Do you think it's possible the toxins leave out of their butts yeah. when they poop? Phineas was fucking amazed by this line of reasoning. Yeah. This is the other thing about Phineas. Like, <laughs> you got to understand, Phineas was a sincerely curious, nice dude. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a guy that wants to tell you about how 9-11 was an inside job. He wasn't that kind of weird conspiratorial hippie. He was a weird conspiratorial hippie, but he was sincerely open to other points of view. For example, when I mentioned to him that it was possible that the toxins could leave the pig's body through poo-poo and pee-pee... Mm-hmm. He was he, he was just delighted. grabbed a handful of bacon that happened to be sitting on a shelf. Yeah, well, we of course we had that bacon fryer off to the side in the KCSC uh-huh. at our sure. college radio station. You know, in case anybody needs a breakfast snack. Yeah, no, I like the I like the like the 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 hippie impulse to just believe the best part of everything. <laughs> that is the, like you know. Well, I like I like the impulse. It, it really spoke to me about toxins. Mm-hmm. Toxins is this thing that is just complete nonsense. Anytime anyone ever says the word toxins to you, Mm -hmm. that's when you know you can stop paying attention to whatever they're saying. (laughs) Like it is is an unerring indicator of nonsense that's about to happen. Is if someone uses the word not toxins. Well, I think I think toxins is is you know a stand-in for something specific. So you could tell that when that person heard toxins, they just stopped paying attention. Uh-huh. They didn't they didn't go any deeper. What are the specific toxins? Toxins are something that you might get removed using a tincture, mm-hmm. some sort of uh, some sort of herbal tincture or a poultice, perhaps. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where like oh you got you have a buildup of toxins, you gotta you gotta put this poultice on your on your butt or something <laughs> and you know hold it there for four days while you do a juice cleanse jesper what's the uh i we were talking while we were coming up you uh you still live in venice beach what is the hippie population down there these days i can't even tell you that man because i don't really mingle 
like yeah. that. <laughs> we hippies and you're whatnot. Not, you're you not know. a mingler? Not not with that uh not with that culture. No. I've known you to be a mingler, Jasper. I mean I mean when I lived in San Francisco, of course, you know, that that you couldn't help it. But now that I live down here in LA, if I can avoid that, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> you're mostly what? Like with uh Hollywood types. Nah, I mean, I pretty Hollywood much... Hollywood insiders? Nah, I'm like the Highlander, man. You know, I, I, <laughs> I stroll I do, by my lonesome. I do, I have always said that about you, that you have a certain Christopher Lambert-esque quality to you. Yeah, man. <laughs> that so, can only be one. So you've you know gotten, so you think you've gotten less social in your, in your recent life? I mean, I've just got more selective about the people I hang out with, you know, if I don't have to be around you. So Christopher Lambert only. <laughs> it, it just ain't like San Francisco where people are stacked up on one another, you know. Right, and you and you're just automatically up in people's business. <laughs> yeah, man, I pretty much stay in the crib. Uh, just growing white people dreadlocks, right? Growing white, hey man. <laughs> are you, you? Have you ever thought about white growing white people dreadlocks? I think it would be fun. It worked for oh, Adam Duritz of Counting Crows. I've been thinking about white people money. I've been thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I ain't never thought about <laughs> stealing a dread. Do you, do you have a Do you have a plan for getting white people money? Always, you know. You know, I got my ski mask ready. So, uh, <laughs> so you're becoming a famous skier. Because <laughs> I mean, I think that's that is where a, you will find is, white people. That you know, is I mean. dominated by by whites. Yes, man. I will mingle with them. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think I think Jasper. Now is the time for you to hit the slopes mm-hmm. and take care of business. Head eight, head out to like a <laughs> San Moritz or something. I don't know if that's an if that's an island nation or a ski resort, mm-hmm. but head out to it. <laughs> see if there's any ski slopes and see what you can do out there. I think. I think you could be the next uh, Gabby Giffords. Wait, is that the congresswoman that got shot? Gabby. (laughs) Jasper, you too could get shot in the face at a supermarket. No. Gabby, uh, what's the the girl called that won all the Olympics medals? Gabby Uh, Reese? Gabby Douglas, man. Gabby Douglas. (laughs) What's Gabby Gabby Reese? Is that another person who was tragically shot that I'm... Anyway. Probably. You could be the next Reese's Pieces. Yeah. You could be a delicious peanut butter candy. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, it's peanut butter, but it's very sweet. Very. You know, it's it's really that sounds like me. Yeah. That, that does sound like me. Mm-hmm. But that's my recommendation. You should, you should take over the world of skiing, and that's how you're going to get rich. Yeah, man. Some, somebody of the minority uh, rainbow does mm-hmm. need to, uh, you know, break that uh, color barrier. Are you suggesting it could, for example, be a Latino? Uh, no, nah, I'm not suggesting that. I'm not Latino, so I don't care about them. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, well, I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we've got a system to mm-hmm. make Jasper rich. Yeah, we've remembered what Phineas's name was mm-hmm. and why sweating was an important topic with mm-hmm. regard to Phineas. I think we've gotten this show off to a great start. Yeah, we'll be back. We in just, t- hey, let's guys for the rest of the show. Let's just vote it in. <laughs> We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Spoy Detective. And I'm your guest, Jasper Red. Jasper Red, delightful stand up comedian, actor, star of Frankenstein in the Hood. Is that what it's called? 
Uh, I mean, might as well. It's called Frankenhood. You Frankenhood. know, <laughs> you know those clever Hollywood types. <laughs> uh, I, did I see you on Tosh.0 the other day? You could have. I have made a cameo okay. on Tosh.0. Yes. Jasper Red, sincerely one of uh, one of my favorite. Uh, Jordan, you you can speak for yourself. One of my favorite stand-up comedians in America. Thank you. I have a different opinion. He's oh. one of my favorite stand-ups in America. Wait, no, the Jordan. I think I'm trying to remember back to what I said, but I think that's what exactly what I said. Huh? I said. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry, I misheard you. I just thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I misheard. Yes, you I, both love me. Let's make it clear. You yeah, both love me. Yes, yes. Thank I you. am the. That's the sound that the teacher from Peanuts makes after oh. she eats too many beans. <laughs> right, with her butt. Um, Jordan, I have a question for you. Yes, we please. just we just got back from the San Francisco Comedy and Burrito Festival, mm-hmm. which was a delight, by the way. Yeah. Um, a really great thing. Yeah, if they do this next year and you're anywhere in the area and don't go, you're some kind of chump. Yeah, what are you, some kind of chump? Yeah. Look, you get a festival pass. Your festival pass comes with two different super burritos. Mm-hmm. You get one for uh, you get one for Taqueria Pancho Villa mm-hmm. and you get one for Taqueria El Toro. Sounds like a great deal. This is like one of the best deals ever. As this is, I mean, give me a break. Next yeah. year, we'll see you there. Yeah. So that's that. Number one, yeah. that's that. We had a great time. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So but but I kind of was. Uh, they kind of announced that, or they kind of asked us to be part of the festival a little bit late in the game. Well, we sort of we sort of had this thing where it was we had sort of agreed to be in the festival, mm-hmm. but then we only actually formalized the dates of the festival, yeah, and that we were definitely getting plane tickets to it, right. Late in the game, so we had a, we had I had agreed on the basis of the fact that how could I not agree to appear sure. in the San Francisco Comedy and Burrito Festival? Um, but yeah, we we only had so, yeah. a relatively short notice, and your mom also was on relatively short notice getting married. Yeah, my my mom and her uh, and her um, fiance now husband Brad have been kind of you know they. They have announced that they were going to get married, but have been kind of wishy-washy about the dates. And it was sort of one of these things, lest we think that it was – it was they just wanted to have a small kind of family wedding. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this and, – and so, you know, so it, it, it turned out that the Burrito Festival and my mom's wedding were on the same weekends. But the our last show at the Burrito Festival was Saturday. My mom's wedding was Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was cutting it a little bit close, but I just wanted to go to the burrito festival so bad that I said, you know what, it's a little bit risky flying on the day, but I think it's it's a cool enough thing and it's there's enough of a time buffered where I think I can I think I can make it. My mom was supposed to be getting married uh, at four. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll get an early flight back. You and know. this is we're talking about a 45 minute flight from San right. Francisco yeah, to yeah, Los very, Angeles. We're so, not. We we weren't doing this. We weren't doing this in Provo, Utah. That's like an hour and ten minute flight. <laughs> yeah, uh, we weren't doing this in Honduras. Sure, that's like what eight hour flight, something like that. Um, so yeah, we so, briefly considered doing it in Taipei. Yeah, which is like a twelve hour flight. So like you know, so my thing is like, well, unless you know, airports are snowed in or there's a hurricane or something, you know, if I get to the airport at nine and something goes wrong. There's enough time to figure something else out to get on another 
45-minute flight. Heck, you could have, if worst-case scenario, yeah. you get to the airport at 9, something's horribly wrong, you could literally rent a car and drive yeah, and get yeah, there by, for sure. by about it's, it's, 4 o'clock. Right. So, so you know, I was, I, was prepared to, I was prepared to improvise if need be. Just like Vince Vaughn on the set of the movie Neighborhood Watch. Sure. The Watch. Um, you were ready to do some on-scene punch-up. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I, um, so we get there, and I was, and just for whatever reason, you were flying into LAX, and I was flying into Burbank. Uh, and this is all important to the story. I don't mean to just be boring everyone with Southern California airport talk. Yeah. Um, and your flight left at nine, and my flight left at nine forty-seven. So uh, we get we get there. We get through security. We sit and watch Key and Peel sketches on your phone until your flight had to go. Yeah, what else are you going to do? I don't know. There's really not a lot better to do. Yeah, you can watch that thing where they list all the football names again <laughs> at it's the fucking airport. Hilarious. At it's the like airport, the funniest thing ever. Or period. Yeah. <laughs> um. So and then so- I, if it had been me. I would have canceled my mom's wedding so that I could watch that thing, that Keenfield sketch where they list all the football names a few more times. Yeah. Um, I just put on headphones and watched it during the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so we get there and and so you get on your plane and then I'm like, well, it's probably time for me to get to my plane. Uh, And I look at my ticket and it turns out that the gate I'm supposed to be at is in another terminal. And let's be clear, we're Uh-oh. on the same airline. Yeah, we are on the same airline <laughs> going to the same part of the world. Yeah. So, and and we went through security and no one none of the two people that was there to check your ticket said this isn't your terminal. And you actually went through security twice because the, your first time through security, you showed them uh, yeah, the something thing that printed turned out, out to my, be like your receipt yeah. and not your boarding so pass. So four times someone looked at my card and no one said this is not the terminal. Uh, so anyways, but uh, if you've never been to San Francisco airport, um, the the terminals are separated by a tram ride there's like a little monorail that goes around so it's not just going out and going next door it's this it's it's an ordeal you know my stepmother helped build that monorail oh well, terrific thank you um really what really fucked me over so uh <laughs> um should I, should I get her on the phone would you get her on the phone i have we some complaints about this monorail mrs mcanulty we have some concerns about your time in the electrician's union <laughs> Wow. Um, so I run to this monorail, get on the monorail, and uh, I get there, and I have to wait th- through security again to this other terminal. And this is this is a comically long security line. This is maybe the craziest security line I have ever seen. Did you try and cut the security line? Yes, I asked. I asked. I even said. I even said loudly. Um, if I could get in front of anybody, that would be great. I need to get. It's my mom's wedding, and I'm late for my flight. And just nothing. <laughs> just no one looked at me sympathetically. Did you? You just gotta cut the line and tell the person. Yeah, I know. I, I know. And I, I was probably being too polite at this point. Yeah. I did. I did give it a shot. Were you aware of the gravity of your situation? Yes, I was. Um, but I thought I would make it. I think at this point, I'm. Jasper, you're laughing too long. This is getting spiteful. <laughs> 
But uh, also kind of I, what I think was causing a problem in the line is that Flava Flav was also going through the airport line at the same <laughs> oh. time. I shit you not. And and I was I was freaking out at this point, but I did take a minute to enjoy the fact that he had to take off his giant clock and put it on <laughs> the conveyor belt. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm kind of in I'm I'm in I'm kind of splitting my time between being really freaked out and delighted. Oh, and also he went through security and they asked him to empty his pockets and he reached in and just took out giant two giant handfuls of cash. <laughs> what do you think Flavor Flav was doing in San Francisco? I have, you do it. Yeah. I, I think he was I think he was probably meeting with San Francisco Mayor Ed Lee. I mean, he has some concerns about San Francisco's 911 system. He thinks it's a joke. <laughs> um so anyway, so I I get through I get through security. I run I'm running with untied shoes and belt in hand to my gate. <laughs> Yeah, I was looking like a crazy, crazy hobo at this point. Um, and I get to the gate and it is – the plane leaves at 947. It's 939. And there's this – there's the woman at the gate. It's closed. I say, God, I'm sorry. I'm here. Um, can I get on the plane? Plane's there. Just the gate is closed. And she's like, I'm sorry. As far as you're concerned, this plane is gone. And I said, hey, I'm really, I'm really sorry I'm late. But uh, it's it's my mom's wedding, and I really have to get on. She's like, "I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do." And you know, I and and at this point, like I'm, my voice is raised, but I don't think it's angry. Like I don't think I'm being a dick. Like it's it's, a, it's like a panic raised voice. It's like, please, like it's it's my mom's wedding, and it's really really important that I get on this plane. She's like, "I'm sorry, you should have been here on time." And you know, the plane is there. You know, and 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 according to her, there's no way for her to talk to the plane. That is actually literally true. Do you think so? Yes. No. I know that, that seems to literally like be true. Fake to me. That no, seems like there should be a little phone. It's real. Or the something. only thing they can do, like once they close the door, I know this sounds terrible, but once yeah. they close that door, the only thing they can do is, if they open it again, is let take everyone off and put everyone back on. It's like huh. a security thing. Okay. Interesting. It's a legal issue. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I feel a little better about that because it seems like she was just being a dick. No, she that that's that's a real thing. Okay. It's a ridiculous thing. Don't sure. get me wrong, but it's real. <laughs> right. Um, this is United Airlines, by the way. Um, so anyway, so I'm <laughs> Jasper is not happy about that airline. Yeah. Have you had some not bad? Have you had some bad airline. United Airlines uh, Man, situations? If I was to ever become a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure it was united because, man, they have screwed me time and time again. You, do you have uh, one or two examples? I'm, I'm man, happy to take too a, many take a examples, tour. but, man, yeah. I, I, rather you, I don't want to bring up old old sure. emotional things. No, so I go understand. Ahead, I understand. So anyway, so I go to the customer service counter and I say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I've got this situation. The plane is still there, by the way. I'm like, but I, I just need to get to... I need to get to Southern California. I'm like, can you put me on any other flight? Because there's a lot of airports in Southern California. There's there's uh, Orange County. There's uh, there's Long Ontario, Beach. Long Beach, San Diego. So I'm like, can you put me on any of these? And you know, the lady the lady says, okay, um, I can put you on standby to Orange County. So great. I'm like, that's your where mom's going to get married. In Orange that's where County. my family is anyways. I'm like, OK, so go. Was, you'll figure out how to get back home to Los Angeles later. In the meantime, so yeah, the plan in my head is that my sister picks me up 
We go to – we stop by Macy's. I get a shirt and a tie. We go to the wedding. Um, In this plan, by the way, you're going to dress at the wedding like a guy that works at a cell phone store. Yes. Right. Exactly. This will be a short sleeve polo shirt uh-huh. and a clip-on tie. Yeah. Uh, I will also have a name tag yeah. that says Jordan. Um, so, yeah. So – so that's my plan. So I, I – it's – and it's in the first terminal. So I go through security again, go to the next terminal and I'm going to do a voice for the guy who was uh, who was at the terminal. It's going to be a little bit racist but I think it's part of it. OK. Um, this guy – I would describe this guy's look and demeanor and voice as villain in one of the Taken movies. Okay. Just kind of just kind of European bruiser. <laughs> yeah. I would call like his look too. Right. He was not wearing a he was not wearing a tracksuit, but I think he owns a lot of tracksuits. He might have had a tracksuit on underneath his airline yes. uniform. Yes. So I go and I say, "Hey, I'm uh and I have a ticket. I have a little standby ticket, by the way. There's a physical there's physical evidence of me being on standby." And I hand it to him and I say, "Hey, hey, can I get on stand I'm on standby for this flight." He's like, "Uh, god, what did he say?" And it's going to sound racist. I'm sorry, but this is how he said. It. He's like, "Um, Cannot go on flight. Cannot go on flight. This is uh, this is for Burbank. Your ticket is for Burbank. This is not for Orange County. Cannot go to other airport. It just, I mean, and is mean off the bat. And I am, I have like calmed down at this point, and I'm not being a jerk. But he's just yelling. Just automatically goes into yell mode. It's like cannot go on flight. Cannot go on flight. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I talked to somebody at the ticket booth. They gave me this. Um, you know, it's kind of extenuating circumstances like my mom is getting married and it's just really important that I get on one of these flights. It's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, he's like, no, uh, no, it's go. No, it's go. And then I go up to this customer service counter and there's this just just this dead eyed woman there, just this dead eyed woman who had obviously been, you know, who has obviously spends her days being yelled at oh. as the dead eyes of someone who just spends her days being yelled at. That's when you get to one of these counters. I know. All you have, all you can hope to do is re- rekindle someone's humanity. Yeah. You find you're, what you're doing is you cycle through these emotions. Mm-hmm. Is you're looking for something that will spark this person whose soul has been crushed. Just inflate that soul. Yeah. With something so that they can use that soul air to push out a little help for you. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and, you know, like, I, 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 I th- in my head, my demeanor was calm, but, you know, but there's, there's some urgency. I tried to make it urgent to them that I just needed some help, um, but I didn't want to be a screaming dick. Um, but I went up to this woman. I'm like, hey, um, so, so the lady at the other counter said I could fly standby. Um, you know, very important. I tried to just say my mom's getting married and, and I just – I need to get on a flight. I need to get somewhere in Southern California. Um, but he said it's not OK that I fly standby. And this woman's response was – oh, and I, so, so I said I, I need to fly standby. The woman at the other counter said it was OK. And she's like, yeah, she shouldn't have told you that. So the next – so I mean apparently they say it's it's fucking impossible for me to fly standby anywhere but Burbank. So finally I um, – you know, there's there's one more plane to Burbank at 1. So this puts me into Burbank around 2, drive to Orange County. I'm there in time for the wedding. So that's good. 
Uh, so I'm waiting for this one o'clock to Burbank. Burbank to Orange County, by the way, like a 90 minute drive, uh, 70 me, minute drive. Uh, kind of to where I'm going, more like 40. Okay. Um, 30, 40. So I'm, and I, I know this very well at this point. I've, I've calculated this. Like I'm, I am making pre Google Maps for my drive. Um, so I get to the, I get to the place where we're waiting for the, for the Burbank plane. Uh, they just announced, yeah, the Burbank plane's going to be delayed. Mm. And they don't tell us how long. And I go up to the counter and I just – I've been waiting a little bit. It's it's 30 minutes past when the plane's supposed to be there. I just asked this kind of nice-looking middle-aged woman. I'm like, hey, um, you know, just wanted to see if I could get an update on the plane. It's my mom's wedding and I'm, I'm just a little worried about going home. And she says um, – this woman says um, – yeah, you'll know the plane is here when the doors open and you see people walking out. And what I'm doing right now is she is making the two-finger walking gesture. Like like you make your fingers do the walking. Yeah, she's like, yeah, you'll see people coming when they're walking out. Jeez. The mo- one of what? the most shitty things anyone has ever said to me. United Holy Airlines. United mackerel. Airlines, a wonderful organization with nothing but nice people. Yeah, so... So anyway, so this 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 two o'clock plane, this one o'clock plane turns into a two fifteen plane, lands at uh, you know I think yeah. So we land we and I and I just run. I just run off the plane, <laughs> and so I'm parked in one of these um, in one of these parking areas. Uh, Burbank Airport has these kind of three very inexpensive offsite parking areas, and you take a little shuttle. So I get on the shuttle. Uh, to the parking area. It's just, it's just me. I am the only one on the shuttle, and um, and I see us drive. Kind of, I see the parking structure maybe half mile in the distance, and we're driving away from it. And I said to the lady, the lady uh, driving, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, is that is that the parking lot you're going to? She's like, no, we're, that's lot C. We're going to lot B. Uh, and I said, God, I am so sorry. Um, I guess I got on the wrong bus. Um, would you mind flipping around and taking me to that parking structure? Uh, I'm in a little bit of a hurry. My mom's getting married, and I'm I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. And she's like, yeah, I can't go over there. You didn't want to go to that wedding anyway. You get, No. Yes. Yes. No. Honestly. Honestly, she said that. You didn't want to go to that wedding anyway. And then I said, just let me off. Just let me off. And she's like, I can't do that. I'm like, please, would you just stop? So she stops and I run. I like run a half mile to this parking area. Um, I get and, and luckily in this scenario, my suit is in the car. So like there's that stop that I don't have to make or that thing that I don't have to worry about showing up to the wedding in a T-shirt. Um, so and I get in my car. No gas. Gas lights on. <laughs> gas lights on. <laughs> So I just, I just floored. I just floored. Get on the freeway. I'm thinking about all the tricks I've learned to conserve gas. I'm like, okay, accelerate slowly, stay in the fast lane. You know, coast when you're going down a hill. And like when when you, when I'm late, it it triggers something in my brain to where it's it's the time I feel the most like a fuck up. And so I go 
it just the memories of all the times in my life I fucked up just flood into my consciousness. I'm like, I think, oh, here's the relationships I've ruined. Here's the job opportunities I should have taken. Like, here's why you're not more successful. Like, so I'm having this huge thing where I'm not going to make this oh, wedding geez. and thinking about just every time I've just boned it in my life. Oh, and also the air, I, had, I turned off the air conditioner and the radio. So you know, to conserve gas. So it's just like this silent... You're just sitting in a symphony I'm, I'm, of failure. I'm stewing in my own failures. I'm hot. Uh, there's, I'm not listening to anything. And, and I'm just... And wh- what's amazing about it, what, what's amazing about this story is that as you're stewing in all of this, <clears throat> you can't blame them for almost any of it. Right. Every single person right. has been as horrible as possible yeah. to you along the way. However, they've all been my mistakes. Yes, absolutely. And that's what's so maddening about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and I guess like apart from the lady telling me I could fly and stand by when I couldn't, right. like everybody else was correct and just doing their jobs. And yeah, and that's the thing is like these were all such small mistakes on my part. But like all I needed was for someone to bend their rule a little bit. Just try like, and help you. Just not be a yeah. dick to you. Yeah, I know. And not only did I was I met with we will not bend these rules, but it was some kind of dick move. Like it was it was it was it was taking People a little like joy put you into down. shoving it in my face. And yeah, and I wonder why in none of these I maybe I was being like maybe my tone of voice, I didn't realize that I sounded like an asshole, but I don't know why. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm having travel problems, and it's my mom's wedding. Didn't elicit any kind of sympathy in anyone. Do you think that you read as a fuck up? Yeah, maybe. Maybe I just seem like. I mean, I guess in the first situation, my shoes were untied, and I was holding my own belt. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, maybe people can just see like, oh, this this is this guy's deal. Well, like, maybe your deal is that you are you're always ready to get down to business, if you know what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah, shoes come off, <laughs> pants come down. Yeah. yeah. I should have I should have said the lady at the first counter. I will fuck you. I will fuck you very quickly if you let me get on the plane. Um, <laughs> Nothing a lady to take a take a counter loves like a quick fucking. Just a real brief, unsatisfying. Um. So okay. So I'm I'm coasting down the freeway, expecting my car to just die at any moment. So you know, and but according to my phone map and the time. I will basically pull into the church exactly on time. Like I'm 25 minutes away and there's 25 minutes till it starts. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll call my sister. So I, I, you know, I didn't want to panic my mom. That was the last thing I, like I haven't told anybody that I'm running late so far because I didn't want to seem like a fuck up. I didn't want to seem like, you know. You're ruining the wedding. I'm ruining the wedding. So I. And again, this is a very small wedding. So it's sort of high stakes. Sure, sure. Yeah. If one person is gone from this. It's going, you know, it's not like I can just sit in the back and say I was in the back the whole time. Like, they will notice. So anyway, so I called my sister. I'm like, uh, you know, and I left her a message that said like, hey, I'm so sorry. There was plane problems. I think I'm going to get there exactly on time. But if for some reason I'm not there, just just wait for me. I'm I'm coming. And then five minutes later, she calls me back and she's like, oh, yeah, we're not there either. The wedding starts at 430. <laughs> oh man! So uh, I I just uh, I exhaled finally for the for the first time in two hours. Pulled over and got some gas and just got there on time. Anyway, wow! Yeah, and it was lovely. It was a lovely wedding. You just want some one person to be nice to you. Yeah, I know. When when I when when mm-hmm. I went to, when I, I had this problem with Teresa in the Mexico City airport once, where we were getting off a flight from somewhere else. 
and um, we're in the Mexico City airport, and uh, the you know how there's that person that meets you at the gate and tell that has a list of everyone's connecting flights and where they're where they're mm-hmm. at. Right. So that person told us the wrong gate to go to, and it was one of these kind of gates where there are where there are it's servicing multiple airplanes so it's right. like this one door is gates 52 through 60 or something and and they just have this cycle up on the board of like wh- what f- what flight is boarding through this chute right now and so we're waiting there and we look at our we look at our watch and we're like our flight is in 15 minutes and it has not even started boarding yet and so we go up to the counter and we're like, our flight's in 15 minutes and it hasn't even started boarding yet. And they're like, oh, it's not at this gate. Yeah. And we're like, oh, fuck you. So we run over to this other <laughs> gate, which is not that far away. And we had that same problem with the door lock and all that shit. And so now we're stranded in the Mexico City airport. Mm-hmm. You take to drug running immediately. And I swear to God, like, you know how there are like, there are special people in your lives so, you know, I, I'm reading this book. This is Stephen Tobolowsky's book right now. And he says there's a, a great acting teacher somebody, I can't remember, told him there's four, four people who really touch your lives, your, your life with, Wall, with it's, kindness. It's Wallace Shawn, right? Yeah. It's number one, Wallace Shawn. <laughs> there's like a bald four character bald actor. character actors will, t- will enter your life yeah. and change it forever. Wallace Shawn, John Malkovich. But uh, I thought I could name two more. I can't. This man. Sorry. This Kelsey man, Grammer. Key character uh, actor? Clint Howard. Yeah. Clint Howard. That's three. Got any bald, bald guy <laughs> character actors? Bald guy character actors. Uh, no. Tommy, Tommy Tiny Lister. <laughs> the guy who played the president of the fifth element. <laughs> so we, we are trying to deal with all these different people. Nobody's being helpful to us. We're trying to explain that it was like an airline employee that sent us to the wrong gate. That's why we missed our connection. You know. And oh, finally, real, real quick. Will someone out there draw a um, Mount Rushmore, but with uh, but with Wallace Shawn, John Malkovich, <laughs> Tommy Tiny Lister? Who was the other one? And Kelsey. Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah, do that. Yeah, okay, please go ahead. draw that. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Continue. And uh, and we finally got up to this. We're on. We're flying on Mexicana, right? We we finally get up to this this ultra. We're we're seriously. We're wondering, like, are we going to have to? get a hotel room in Mexico City and buy another plane ticket. I'm trying to figure out what we can do. We, you know, we don't have international cell phones. Sure. So we finally find... Did you think about just living in Mexico? I thought about like doing a sort of, you mean like a Romney style situation? Did we could practice polygamy. That would be the advantage. Wait, wait what, did, what do you mean a Romney situation? I don't. I don't. Uh... You, didn't, you didn't know about Mitt Romney's family? No. Uh. Mitt Romney's family uh, is a part of a group of Mormons that mm-hmm. moved to Mexico in, I believe, the late nineteenth century. Wow! Uh, I didn't in order know to that. practice polygamy. Wow. Yeah, and also you know be that's free a... of. There's plenty of legitimate religious persecution in the history of the Morgan Mormons that's not related to polygamy. But the yeah. primary thing that they were up to that was illegal was polygamy. <laughs> sure, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's that true. sounds great. You should have done that. Mitt Romney, of course, not a polygamist. Nor, sure, nor was his father, but uh, his grandfather was the one who had been down there in Mexico, and his father was born there, as I recall. Do you think Teresa would be okay with you taking several Mexican wives? 
I mean, you know, but she is, she probably wouldn't have that much to say about it, you know, because I'm the one bringing home the tortillas, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we've like there's these kind people in your lives and burned into my heart. I mean, you could probably find some Mexican wives down here. They're burned into my heart, Jordan, is this man yeah. at this at this Mexicana counter mm-hmm. who after we had talked to eight different people that, you know, didn't want to. You know, my wife speaks decent Spanish, but not super fluent Spanish. Mm-hmm. She, and it had been so, you know, where it's intense. Mm-hmm. This man, I will never forget this man. He had this kind, these kind eyes and this friendly beard. He looked like a friendly man on a soap opera. Sure. You know or, what I mean? Or the most interesting man in the world. I'm he, envisioning the most interesting man in the he world looked, right now. He looked sweeter than the most interesting okay. man in the world, but not far from the most interesting man in the world. Okay. He looked sort of like uh, he looked sort of like a Latino version of our friend and sometime guest on this program, Brian Lane. Okay, um, just a real sweet, real sweet eyes mm-hmm. and a big beard. Yeah, and he helped us, and and. There was a, one person had told us that we would have to pay like two thousand dollars yeah. to get out what? of this situation. Yeah, and he said, and he said, you know, this isn't your fault. I'll fix it for you. Yeah, and he fixed it. Yeah, it seems like someone can do something yeah. in all of these situations. Like there is a thing someone can do, mm-hmm. but it's whether or not they want to do it or they want to just yell. Yeah, I had when I no is plain, no is plain. When I went on, when I went to uh, Europe for put this on, I left my passport mm-hmm. in. Um, I left my passport in uh, Los Angeles when I went for the first leg of the trip to New York, and then realized I would need it for the <laughs> second fly leg of internationally. Trip to Europe, yeah. And um, so we had to have it sent to me on like an airplane courier. Uh-huh. So, like you can basically you can buy a seat on the plane. For your passport mm-hmm. or uh, documents. Like lawyers apparently do this regularly. A friend of ours who was a lawyer is actually the person who suggested this to us. So we we had a friend key into – my wife was in San Francisco. So we had a friend key into our house, get, mm-hmm. grab the passport, take it to the airport and put it on a flight. Uh-huh. And then I picked it up from that flight. Does it actually sit in sit in a chair? I don't and they give it a little know. drink. I don't know if it gets a drink. I mean, you got to figure it at least gets peanuts, and if it's going to get peanuts, it's going to get thirsty. Yeah, you know what I mean. They should put a little blanket over it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, give it give it a complimentary pair of slippers. Mm-hmm. So I I got into that. The that, passport is flying virgin, right? Is that yeah? And my it's the weekend, and my travel agent had changed my flight. But he had not confirmed something, something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so they were telling me that my not only had my not only had my flight that I was going to take that I couldn't get on it, but that that also was canceling all of my other tickets for the entire trip. Uh, Yeah, that's happened to me. Because if you don't get on one part of your flight, has ever happened to you, Jasper? Where if you don't get on one part of your flight, it cancels everything. Yeah, man. But I was able to lie my way through that situation. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, man. Yeah, that has happened to me from United. <laughs> yes, that is some fucked up shit. Sure. And so finally, and like I, and I remember, I was there. I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at not freaking out, mostly because my mom uh, freaks out unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. On people, like my mom will start yelling at a customer service person as soon as she'll look at them. Yeah. 
You know, like she's she'll just go over the over the fucking. And my mom's a nice lady. Let's be sure. clear, but yeah. she will flip the fuck out. Yeah. And I don't. I've always like it's yeah. one of those things. I, I don't think, want to be like my parents. Yeah. I don't want to be like my mom flipping the fuck out on random people that it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely spent a little bit of time uh, with your mom over the years, and she is as nice a woman as exists. I yeah. think. I think she in the pantheon of nice moms, she is very, very near the top. Yeah, like, we both got very nice moms. Absolutely, we both did. Jasper, well. nice mom. Oh man, the nicest. Yes. <laughs> so, so like I'm there trying not but, to oh, flip uh, but, out. But I was going to say it seems like it seems like your mom does does go on a lot of uh, does go on a pretty lengthy emotional journey every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that is does, so true. <laughs> does she does experience all the emotions every day. So, so my mom can go on an emotional journey in half an hour that many people spend their whole lives yeah. trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Like my for my mom, my mom can get an eat pray love level experience out of going to the corner store to buy some fruit. Sure. And yeah, and that is always surprising to me. Like as a guy who maybe tries to experience two emotions a day tops. Yeah. Like if I experience more than two, I'm going to need to have a little nap, which yeah. is kind of a third emotion, and I don't like doing that anyways. Uh, so yeah, it's always amazing when I see someone. I'm like, oh wow, you are, you're, you know, you're running the gamut. That's amazing. I know. And if for me, for me, like you, that's why we've talked about me like starting to cry over things lately. <laughs> sure. Like that's why that is such a significant thing in my life. Oh, you're becoming your mom. Definitely, my whole life I have been trying to be uh, emotionless. Mm-hmm. Because I'm terrified of my mother flipping out on people. <laughs> and so so anyway, so <laughs> I'm when you're like at that counter, all you're doing is just trying to find if you're if you have any sort of connection mm-hmm. to what's going on still, like if you're still not over the over the top, you're just trying every feeling you can put onto the people and every person you can find. To try and find one that will change them from wanting to be rid of you to wanting to help you. Yeah. And that was another situation. There was these two women at that counter and I had to go from kind and thoughtful to angry to sad to kind and thoughtful to getting my travel agent on the line but they wouldn't talk to him. So then I was like, well, what if I put him on speakerphone and you don't hold the phone? (laughs) And like they're like, well, we can't listen. They're like putting their fingers in their ears. Wow. It was amazing. And then finally someone just said – someone just agreed to get someone to come over. And that person was like, yeah, there's no reason for him to have to blah, blah, blah. Sure. Like I'll just – and he went blah, 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 blah. He's like, okay, well, have a good flight, sir. Yeah, I think it is as easy as all that. And here's Mm -hmm. here's the thing I was tempted to do while I was, you know, waiting for that final late, late flight. It's like, well, I've got my phone. I could do some nasty Twittering at United. Like, as I felt like it, you know, and and not like they weren't upholding policy, but everybody was being a dick. Um, I This is what I want to ask you guys. Have you ever, have you ever tried, have you ever had bad customer service and tried to get compensated for it in some way? Because I've given some half-assed attempts at at you know, yelling at people when I feel like I've been I've been wronged, but I never get anything out of the deal, and I just want to want to want to see if you've done it and how it's happened. Negative. I no. I have. Yeah. Um, it's never worth it though. Yeah. Especially right. like airline. It comes up with airlines. Uh huh. 
But airlines have figured out that there are assholes out there that want to scam them. Sure. Just want to work them over for anything. And so they just give you a $50 coupon for anything. So on the one hand, if you write them a letter, they'll send you a $50 coupon. On the other hand, who wants a fucking $50 coupon? <laughs> sure, for an To air- fly on an airline that just, that, is bad. that just kicked you in the balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the – yeah, I mean that happened – a horrible airline situation happened with me. And they were just handing out, like, $30 coupons or something. Sure. Like, what the fuck can you even do <laughs> with a $30 airline coupon? Like, Check a bag. Who, Check a bag, basically. Yeah. Like, it, it was could not have been a shittier mm-hmm. situation. But, Jasper, I'm surprised. You're a stand-up comic, mm-hmm. and you work the road. You do colleges a lot. You know, you're doing road gigs all the time. I'm surprised time. that you're not one of these guys who has a complicated airline scheme. I feel like every stand-up comic I know has a fucking sure. airline system that involves maximizing their points by eating only at Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, always getting upgraded to captain of the plane. Jasper, you like a Cheddar Bay biscuit, right? Man, my main concern with flying is getting to my destination. Hmm. Right. So that's all I'm concerned with, man. So that's how I... Do you fly... Are you willing to fly an indirect flight? An indirect flight, you mean? You got connected flights. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, I have no choice these days, man. Unless you're going to New York or somewhere, I always have a layover. Are you willing to fly overnight? Yeah, I do what I have to do, man, to get would that you, money. Would you <laughs> rather fly, would you rather take an extra day and not fly overnight or fly overnight and save the day? Yeah, if it calls for it, like, uh, a lot of stuff depends on when I can check into my hotel. Am I going to have to kill some time before I can check in somewhere? So all that stuff I have to factor in, man. My rental situation with the car. So I can't. <laughs> it's it's hard. To, you know, but, yeah, I'm always willing. I'm flexible. But you, you know? don't have points. Do you have points? I do. I, I'm with Delta. Mm. Right. Delta Skelter. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so I have a lot of Charles Manson was their spokesperson for a while, wasn't he? For a while, yeah, yeah, man. They focused on his songwriting career, right? Right, not the murders, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. legendary murdering spree. (laughs) Like, we love his music. It's so creepy when you meet somebody who's like into Charles Manson's music and like insists that it's good. That's weird, right? Just don't tell me about it. (laughs) <laughs> right. Be into some other music. Yeah, there's from a, a non-murderer. So different musics. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say you want some some pop music that has an interesting backstory. Mm-hmm. Just pick a schizophrenic person like <laughs> Daniel Johnston. There you go. Hey, Donovan exists. Yeah, just be into Donovan. You know what? Donovan's great. Yeah, just I don't know if he's not schizophrenic. No, but he's eccentric. <laughs> yeah, just a boastful weirdo. Yeah. Anyway, so do you do you do you, when you build up points? Do you always get to ride in first class or something? Not too often, but uh, sometimes, man. You know, I'd rather just have the first selection on the aisle seat. You know, what I mean, that's that's, oh, <laughs> that's your preference. That's my preference, man. You know, I don't mind sitting with the people. I'm of the people. <laughs> sure. sure. You don't need to sit up front with the blue I don't the like to bloods. isolate myself. You don't need sure. to sit up front with Flava Flav. No, nah, I don't. Really, I don't have nothing in common. I'm more, like well, I you said, have all I'm that cash folk. in your pocket. Yeah, you do have a huge pocket full of... Shoot. They man. call you the rubber band man. The rubber band 
because of the sheer volume of cash in your pockets. Yeah, man. I just want to know where all this money's going that you put and give these airlines, man, because they are not reinvested in the planes. Well, here's what it, I think it's going to the fact that they can fly you places. Sure. Right. Is that correct? Yeah, to get a thing to fly. The, but why is Oh, and it... to the writers of their great in-flight magazines. We're talking Horizons. What, uh, why doesn't a guy who's who's running for governor or something make his deal like, hey, I'm going to make getting it on an airplane not a nightmare? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, they will win so fast. Right. They, yeah. They, Everybody I mean, has to get on an airplane. Yeah. they got to go home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think maybe the problem with that is like— like that resonates for us definitely, but I think for the usual person flies once every other year. Then maybe that's not of a huge concern oh, to them. But they, yes, I mean they definitely don't, they have, don't. People have to go home for Thanksgiving. Like no, that's true. What about busy businessmen? Yeah, it has busy businessmen and comedians covered. Like you will lock down that vote so quick. Yeah, well, that's all you need to win, right? That's more than 50%. I'm a busy businessman. You guys, that's three out of three. Yeah. No, I guess you're right. I'm a busy businessman. You guys are both comedians. So mm-hmm. 100% of people are either a busy businessman yeah. or, well, d- oh, well, let's, mm-hmm. Lindsay is on the board today. She's not a busy businessman or a comedian. So three out of four people. Yeah. Based on this survey. This is, I by mean. By Rasmussen Research. <laughs> are busy businessmen or comedians. Yeah. That, by the way, is a little bit of political satire in this week's Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> Cutting. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm a regular Pew Center for People in the Press comic. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I when I'm when I'm riding on when I'm do, doing an airplane ride, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how unpleasant every part of it is sure <laughs> right like <laughs> All to of the it point sucks. where you where people consider going another way when at the core of the airline flying experience is that it is a thing that goes 600 miles an hour that is 10 times as many miles an hour as a <laughs> car goes I think, like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, not, here's my one positive airline experience I've had recently. When uh, we were flying to London, I finally got a chance to watch uh, American Reunion. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I didn't, it's not something I wanted to pay to see. I definitely wanted to see it on a plane. Right. And there it was. There it was, right inside that television. On demand. My airplane had a little television in your seat, Mm -hmm. but to watch it, you had to pay $6. Oh, that's wrong. What am I? In a fucking bus station in 1974? Yo. To put quarters into the TV? Yeah, man, don't put no damn screen in front of me (laughs) for the whole flight and then tell me I have to pay for it. That's wrong. You know what? This is something I Just turn on the screen. It's there. Here's something I believe in. That's wrong. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna send this out to all my people out there in Radio Land mm-hmm. who like to ride on airplanes. <laughs> From busy businessmen to comedians to even the people who just go home for Thanksgiving every mm-hmm. other year, you can turn that fucking screen off. Please turn the screen off. You you can watch it. If you're watching it, watch it. If you're not watching it, just turn it off. Man, I've been on a plane where they waived the charge and let you watch it for free. I know. They that's, has, they I, have that's what that I'm saying. Man. It was like, why are you charging people to watch TV? <laughs> like, that's just, that's just, I like you. I mean, they just try to nickel and dime you at every turn, man. That is the very definition of doing too much. <laughs> Airlines, y'all doing too much. That is way over the top. We don't need it. 
Yeah. I'm going to get my mom on this. Yeah. Yeah. Get Let mama us watch American Reunion. We don't want to pay for it, but we're really curious. Look, I missed the Avengers when it was in theaters. <laughs> I have a baby. <laughs> I don't get to go to every movie I want to go to. I just want to see it, but I don't want to pay for it. Mm. It was okay. Yeah. The Avengers. Okay. Maybe. Not as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, you maybe didn't see it as the filmmakers intended. No, they they originally <laughs> wanted me to watch it on a transcontinental flight mm-hmm. while I was trying desperately to stave off a migraine headache. Mm-hmm. And the person in front of me had put their seat so far back that there was no way for me to adjust the television <laughs> so that the viewing angle was correct. So everything sort of looked like it was grayscale. Oh, yeah. man. That's <laughs> the worst. Too. You ever have somebody look back at you and then put it back? Well, <laughs> 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 come, buddy. <laughs> I think at that point they should just mouth, yeah, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Like enjoy these knees. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to just see like a hand coming around the side <laughs> yeah. and a finger pops yeah. up and then <laughs> chunk. Uh yeah, I would like to, yeah. I wonder if that's I bet the makers of American Reunion are probably okay with you seeing their movie. The thing that on a seat back. The thing that the thing about a person putting a seat back that uh that is torturous for me is on most on most airlines when I'm flying in coach, which mm-hmm. as I do, <laughs> I'm also a man of the people. Um, my knees are, if I'm sitting in the chair and my knees aren't actively splayed mm-hmm. out. Thank you for actually splaying when you said that. For the, <laughs> I, for the home I listener. I want to get a little bit of Jesse, this. Uh, Jesse showed <laughs> off a little bit of his bonch. Yes. So, <laughs> if my knees are sitting in front of me mm-hmm. like a regular person, my knees are touching the back of the chair yeah. when the chair is not reclined. And if your knees are splayed out like a whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like, what happens is I actually have to splay my legs out like a whore mm-hmm. because it's the only way to fit my legs in. Sure. And what happens is someone will put their seat back, mm-hmm. and you'll f- and it will hit my knees. Yeah. Immediately, and then they'll just sort of rock back and forth, pushing on my knees, <laughs> like they'll like like there's something wrong with the chair. Like what's wrong with this chair? It feels like there's knees at the back of it. <laughs> like dunk, dunk. Dunk, dunk. Uh, yeah, I bet I could push through that with force. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, my knees are just sort of getting pressed down into the side, mm-hmm. growing big blue-green bruises on them. Mm-hmm. Airline travel's hard, huh? It is. Am I right? I wish that someone <laughs> – well, here's what I really wish. I wish someone would have the courage to talk about the challenges of yeah. airline travel, particularly in the comedy community. <laughs> right. Right, man. I, I have to resist doing airline jokes so hard, man. Not us. <laughs> I have to resist it so hard because it, it is. It, it is a frustration. It's, a, it's a, such an indignity. Yeah. It is it, so sad. <laughs> like, I have to, like. I'll be re- I'll be ready to grab for my pen and pad on the plane. Like, ah, no, no. <laughs> you know, and it is one of these things that even as we're talking about it, I'm like, you know, it's one of these things that is that that is a part of our lives. But like, you know, it's like just one of those comedy topics where where it just isn't relatable to a lot of people. It's like it's like airline travel. And how annoying are bachelorette parties? These are like, I feel like kind of twin topics that you have to like the two kind of work a little bit to get people to relate that to. That are out of scale important. To right. <laughs> right. Very important. Relative to anything else. But I feel like I got to get points. Yeah. Everybody else not, has points besides points? me. Man. I don't know. I have some virgin points. 
Yeah, I think pick one or you know, I have I I have one or two airlines that I have points on, but but not all of the them. The problem so, is, you know, the problem is that your airlines, the only airline where my legs aren't in constant danger is JetBlue because mm-hmm. it has longer. Because it has you more you, put up, you you use their complimentary bag of blue potato chips as like a uh-huh. cushion. Yeah, oh, they give exactly. you potato chips. Yeah, they're yeah. blue too. They're real good. Uh, JetBlue gives you super good snacks. Yeah, JetBlue is really JetBlue. JetBlue is yeah. really delivers on their modest promise. That's mm-hmm. their that's the JetBlue system. It's a hey, discount carrier. But these snacks are pretty good. Yeah. Hey, we're actually going to let you watch the television for free. Yeah, and they watch. Yeah. Oh man, that's lovely. Yeah, it's not. There's no. There's no tricks. There's no tricks, and they. Sincerely, the legroom is just enough. Like, I only need, like, three extra inches to be safe, yeah. you know? So they give me that on the JetBlue. But, you know, JetBlue only flies from New York to Los Angeles. <laughs> like, New York to Long Beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Long Beach. And then to, like, Fort Lauderdale. Sure. And Chicago. It basically, it basically runs a sort of Jewish retiree route <laughs> from New York to Los Angeles <laughs> yeah. to, to Florida. Yeah. They're actually some of their terminals are in delis. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, it gets on at Long Beach, but you can get on it at Cantor's on Fairfax. Yeah, that's just another. Yeah. Place well, they to have get one on of those underground things with the moving walkway. Oh, sure. So that's good. It's nice, and then you can get a nice pastrami. Sure, it's great. Good deli mustard. Mm-hmm. Nice rye bread. I wish there was a better. I wish you could board at Langer's. Of course, it's closer. That would be nice. closer here to Max Fun headquarters. Ah, uh, Langer's. Yes, yes. Jasper and I went to lunch at Langer's. It was great. Good. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So, so good. good. So man. fucking good. If anybody's ever in Los Angeles, that's the place to go. Yeah, Go man. to Langer's. Yeah, don't, do, not, do not leave without eating that sandwich. That is definitely one of the, like, that's a one really, of the famous food things that just fucking delivers. This is one of the world some. special things. It's even better than, than we can say. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, look, I, I'm, fr- I'm, I'm a San Francisco partisan. I believe San Francisco is one of the great food cities of the world. There's nothing like that in San Francisco. That's a special experience. Sure. Langer's Deli. <laughs> Langer's Supporters Deli. of Jordan Jesse Langer's Go. Deli. Jet Blue. Yeah. Fuck you, United. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm your guest, Jasper Red. Jasper Red, as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. As good as it gets. Jasper also has a new web series, by the way. He's been hey. on his YouTube yeah, on his YouTube channel. Yeah. I've enjoyed both of the two episodes thus far. Thank you much. Thank you much. What's it called again? It's called uh, it's Attention called America? Hello America. Hello America. So search for Jasper Red, Hello America. We'll link it up. It's it's really great. Yeah. And I, I want to take this opportunity, by the way, to thank everyone who gave during Max Funday. Yeah. Max Funday was a... Fucking blast. Yeah. I had such a great time talking to everybody, uh, doing the Reddit. Everybody talked to everybody. So many people were tweeting about it, sharing, sharing it on Facebook so much. We, we bought uh, – your donations uh, and support for Max Fund bought nearly 10,000 meals for needy families oh, in the Los Angeles fantastic. area. Yeah. So thank you so much for that and thank you so much for your support of all of our shows. Jordan Jesse Go listeners fucking came through big time. Um, it's really it, it's really fantastic and means a lot. And I was I was really happy we were able to do that that way in, in that single day. 
Um, it was a really great experiment. We we're, we're really happy to have the support. So there's that. Also, uh, Ask.Metafilter is our sponsor this week, as they are every week. Uh, Ask.Metafilter.com. Life's little questions answered. It's a forum you can go to. You can ask it basically any question, and a smart person... Uh, not a not a weird moron with a uh, with an anime avatar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, will answer that question for you. Uh, the best. I mean, you could ask it. Where is the best deli sandwich in the world? I think we've answered that here. Yeah, we already answered that question. But you can ask it something like that. Yeah. Uh, here's the here's what I like to do. Like if mm-hmm. I have a problem that I don't know the answer to, and it's weird. It's not like a factual thing. It's sure. like a a tricky thing. Like what's a good Weekend, bless you. Excuse me. What's a good weekend vacation to drive to out of Los Angeles or something like that? Sure. You know, something that's a little not nebulous easily, and hard not to Google. Easily Googleable. I always start by googling Ask Metafilter. Mm-hmm. So I'll put in Ask Metafilter and then whatever the shit is that I'm looking for. And nine times out of ten, it's already been answered by an actual, like you said, a fucking reasonably intelligent, yeah. with thoughtful. <laughs> no anime avatars either. Yeah, like so many people just trying to help each other out with their uh, with their reliable experiences. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the only reliable website on the internet. Perhaps. Like I actually yes. trust That's, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I trust. Maybe I sort of trust the forums on Chowhound to yeah. tell me where I should eat in a strange city. <laughs> but besides those two things, yeah, I mean, I trust Ebom's world for the best nutshot vids. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ask dot com. Let's go up on the jumbotron this week. Chris Wood's Sandstorm exhibition Indiegogo campaign at indiegogo dot com slash sandstorm. Chris Woods is an artist from, of course. Of uh, what place? Of course, Chilliwack, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. What other place would he be from? Um, he's trying to launch an exhibition called Sandstorm at the Reach Gallery Museum in Abbotsford, British Columbia. They are epic style paintings about the most important movies in the history of pop culture, the Star Wars trilogy, <laughs> uh, told through the eyes of Darth Vader. <laughs> So he's hoping to take it. a unique look at the films that captivated a generation, specifically a look through the eyes of Darth Vader. Oh, terrific. So you can go to Indiegogo.com slash Sandstorm to learn more about that. Also this week, we are supported by Ting. Ting is mobile that makes sense. This is a mobile phone service with literally no contracts where... Uh, among other things, I and I actually am very impressed by this, if you use less minutes or megabytes or what have you than you are paying for, they just drop you down to a lower level and have you pay that amount that much. Um, and it works the same way the other way around. Uh, if you use more, they just have you pay the higher level. There's no weird overage charges. Anyway, you can visit them online at jordanjessego.ting.com. If you go to jordanjessego.ting.com, you'll get 50 bucks off for the purchase of your first device. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap. It's easy. If you want to advertise on Jordan Jesse Go mm-hmm. or any of our programs, including Bullseye, My you Brother, should. My Brother you and should. Me, Risk the Memory Palace, Throwing Shade, email our development director, Teresa at MaximumFun.org, T-H-E-R-E-S-A at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. La, 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 la. 
It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. And I'm your guest, Jasper Red. Um, I, uh, I, I am, uh, I can't help but notice, Jasper, that we're one hour and five minutes into this program. You are still wearing your sunglasses. Hey, man. I'm cool. <laughs> I was going to call... You can't argue with that. The man is cool. He is a cool man. If I could see you, what's the problem? <laughs> he's, I was... he's selective about who he hangs out with, Jesse. I was about to call Jasper Hollywood Cole, and then I remembered this totally shattered my world. There's this Outcast record. You know this, Jordan, I'm sure. Sure. Where... Andre says, and somebody then took his shirt off, talking about, now, who else want to fuck with Hollywood Cole? And uh, it turns out the man says, Hollywood Court. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Which is like a neighborhood or a, a housing projects or something in Atlanta. That You thought Hollywood Cole was like an alter ego or something. Yeah, I thought this dude's name was Hollywood Cole. Which is a great fucking name. Yeah. That's like as good a name as it gets. <laughs> I know. That is- Who would want to fuck with Hollywood Cole? Not me. That guy's in the club taking care of business. He's got his shirt off. He's, he's on a- blow. He's fucking high as a kite. <laughs> yes, that is true. Interesting. Is J-, it- J. Cole, uh, rapper J. Cole, actually sampled that in a song because he thought the same thing. Yeah, oh, I, that's wow. how I found out about yeah. it. I was right on board. I assumed I had for ten years. So did that guy? Think I had was... been thinking about like if I ever need to have if I ever need to have an alter ego name, Hollywood Cole. Like I got this in my back pocket. <laughs> wait, wait, but did the other guy think it was about him, and that's why he sampled it? He's like, oh, no, it just fit in because yeah. he said Cole and his name is J. Cole. So he's like, oh, that's just perfect. Yeah. And then he found out the hard way mm-hmm. when a bunch of people from Atlanta emailed him to correct him because apparently Hollywood. it's just um, mealy-mouthed Andre 3000 saying mm-hmm. Hollywood Court, but it sounds like Hollywood Cole. Hmm. Yes. Now, if you own the album Aquimini, which uh, that song is on, Sporty Odie Dope Delicious, the album does come with the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> And do the Vic, lyrics wait? But do the lyrics include says the ad libs? <laughs> no, it's not an ad lib. It's actually a lyric that was printed inside. He's uh, not rapping. He's booklet. not rapping when he says that, though. No, he's, it's a spoken word piece. But it the, says it in it the album. Says it. I mean, I own this album. I I got it when it first came out. Jasper, look, I also own this album. I got a couple years after it came out, but. Not very long after it came out. I had, I've had it for a very long time. I, I, I guess I'm. You here's the. I mean, I guess I'm just not as much of a nerd as you are. Sitting there. Oh man, you re- talking about my favorite group now? <laughs> you talking about my favorite group? So yeah, man. That I mean, honestly, that sh- fucking shattered my mind because it was one of my. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. One of my favorite records of all time. Uh, probably my favorite group of all time ever, too. Well, Jesse, I'm 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 a postmodernist, and <laughs> yeah. as so, I believe that once an artist, you know, pr- you know, produces a work, right. it no longer belongs to them. It's it's based it's it it belongs to the person uh, consuming it. So you, I think would you, you say this is say, an intertextual dialogic type situation? Yes, I would, Jesse. Thank you. I appreciate uh, and, that. And so, you know, I think if you are happier thinking that it's Hollywood Cole, then uh, I say go for it. Come, 
Oh, what's up? I don't know. What's up, I just, buddy? I don't, you know, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess with Andre's vision. Yeah. That guy's got so much vision inside him. Mm-hmm. I even bought his clothes when he had a clothing line. Oh, no. <laughs> Not outcast clothing. <laughs> you talking about that Bixby line. Yeah, that shit was good. Yeah, man. Jasper's not on board. Nah, man. I ain't into buying rappers clothes. I'm like, look, man. That's the only rapper's clothes I've ever had any interest in buying. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. Yeah, oh, it, on the subject of clothes, Jasper, I have a question for you. I was watching uh, you on Comedy Central the other day. Okay. Uh, you were hilarious, as uh, as I think people people would. Uh, but you were Jasper. We're fans of yours. Yeah, we've mentioned <laughs> this. We think you're really funny. Uh, you were wearing a cowboy hat, which I have yes, never seen you wear before. Where, what? Where did you get it, and what was the decision to wear a cowboy Jasper, hat? Jasper, I'm not going to lie. You're from Tennessee, right? Is that, yes. I did not know you were from that kind of Tennessee. Well, you know, um, I was in Nashville at the time working at uh, Zany's Comedy Club. And while I was there, I, I wanted to get – I, wa- I wanted to represent my like, heritage. Yeah. You know? Were your people cowpokes? Nah, I mean, I mean. Would you look, say they I'm were corn sure some, some some brothers who was, uh, <laughs> you know, rode a horse or two with sure. a cowboy hat on. Sure. And I just love that look. I love the cowboy look. It's some very masculine look. So I purchased like me a... a cowboy hat or two. Uh huh. And hey, I was rocking it all summer. How many gallons are we talking about here? Man, I don't know how many gallons, but uh, it fit my head nicely. <laughs> <laughs> And man, I be it actually me wearing it. When people saw me wearing it, like in my everyday life, like it just went for the stage. I was go, I drive around with it. It made other black dudes feel, man. You know what? I own a cowboy hat too. Really? So yeah. you were converting like, other was, black people was, to the Western? I was lifestyle. bringing them out the closet, man. But I also liked that with the cowboy hat, you were wearing uh, Dickies and Converse. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. And I, like, yeah, you were kind of combining. Yeah, you were kind of kind of combining your 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 two your two heritages. Right. I was what, to make so a you're half cowboy, half cholo. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was wearing a cowboy hat. I had on a necktie. You know, saying had on my my, my dick slats. So you're sort of a, you're a combination of a cowboy, a cholo, and a member of the Strokes. <laughs> a member of the Strokes, something like that, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was trying to hit all demographics. So okay, so you weren't when you say that you you're rocking this cowboy hat. You, there's no pearlized snaps. There's no western cut suits. You're yeah. not wearing a nudie suit. Nah, I'm not wearing no cowboy boots. I'm not wearing no chaps. Would you? About. Would you wear a cowboy boot? Yeah, I would. I would. In an urban context. Yeah, man. I mean, brothers do it. Would, would, you, would you, you? Would you stroll around Venice in a, in a, in cowboy boots? Yes. Okay. Would you ride a horse? <laughs> I'm not opposed to it, man. I'm not opposed to it. Would you would you punch a man off a roof so that he fell into a horse's water trough? <laughs> yes, especially if they were for United. <laughs> Have you ever had occasion to lasso a dogie? Oh, no, man. That shit is fun to watch, though. I love watching rodeos, man. Really? I do. You watch them on television or live in person? Television. You know I ain't going to a live. <laughs> <laughs> no, you put on your cowboy hat. Everybody thinks you're that one cowboy rapper guy. 
Oh, let me tell you, too, man. <laughs> Darius Rucker from uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> no. And don't es- underestimate from- the love you get from the females from wearing such a hat. Really? Wow. Yes. Let's, uh, I'm telling you, man, I used, yeah? to get, I used to get those messages, man. Really? Yes. Wow. And not just, And uh, what kind of females are we talking about? Are we talking about women who would otherwise be in a rodeo context or looking for a rodeo guy? Or are we talking about women who are surprised at the effect that the cowboy hat has on them? It's hard to say, but mostly I would get her from, you know, southern females. Mm-hmm. You know, southern females love the, the cowboy look. You know what? I think you could be the next Brad Paisley. Who? Brad Paisley, <laughs> country western superstar Brad Paisley. <laughs> you really got to get in touch with your roots. If that's what yeah. you're all about. Hey, man, I'm about the look, not the lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got some telephone calls. Uh, when something momentous happens to our listeners, we ask that they give us a call at 206-984-4FUN. Somebody tweeted me the other day, I got a momentous occasion, but I forgot the phone number. Yeah, that's why Shay put in your fucking phone. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to call the listeners sure. idiots, but some of them are just dumb as rocks. <laughs> some of them are as dumb and mean as United employees. <laughs> so 206-984-4FUN is the number. Lindsay, why don't you give us that first call? Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Go. Uh, this is Katie from Pennsylvania calling in with a momentous occasion. Uh, I just watched the sunrise for the first time. I mean, I'd been awake, you know. It was still dark out, and then, you know, the sun comes up. But I made a point of actually watching the sunrise, and it was fucking beautiful, majestic. Uh, and uh, the day I decided to do this on was my 27th birthday, so age 27 season already. Uh, more powerful than ever. Thanks. Here's the thing. Yeah. More powerful than ever is about dominating obstacles in your path, mm-hmm. about crushing your enemies, and not capitulating, but just fucking them up. Just tearing them, rending them limb from limb. It's not about sunsets and sunrises. Yeah. I mean, look. I agree. But maybe maybe her enemy in this case, maybe the enemy that she is, you know, rending the limbs off of is uh, sleeping in. Oh, yeah. She's getting a jump on her. Mm -hmm. Or him. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe – well, I'm saying maybe the enemy – her enemy is – her own sleepiness. I mean, it could be she's getting oh. up early, you know. Like, that's been, that's one of the obstacles in her life is that she's super sleepy. Yeah. You think it's possible she's a koala? Could, could be. <laughs> could be. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> Got a little baby on her back. The only thing keeping her away from those delicious eucalyptus <laughs> You got to get up early to get the best eucalyptus. Yeah. Oh, man. I was not expecting you to <laughs> <laughs> So I just uh, – I, I, given this new context mm-hmm. that you've given me that sleepiness might be the issue in her life, I'm willing to give her a pass and say more powerful than ever. Yeah. She sounded kind of sleepy. Yeah. You know what? Plus – and the combination of that and her age 27 season, if you don't mm-hmm. know this, Jasper, I know you're a baseball fan because you're wearing an A's hat right now. Um, R.I.P. to the A's playoff chances, by the way, but it was an amazing season. Yeah, they weren't even supposed to beat her. So yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an amazing, amazing season for the A's. Um, Bill James, a baseball researcher, Bill James in the 1980s, determined that players are most likely to have the best season of their career when they're 27. 
Um, and so when you're 27, that's your age 27 season. And as far as I'm concerned, though, that can extrapolate out to other parts of our lives. You turn 27. Some people are worried because they're like, oh, now that means I officially have to be a grown-up. I'm not in my early or mid-20s anymore. No, it means that you're, you're about to dominate the field. You know, yep. you're about to you're about to Brady Anderson those motherfuckers. You're about to watch 52 some, home runs. You're about in the to watch some slot. beautiful yeah. sunrises you are in your prime. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Put on a cowboy hat and get out there on the streets and take care of yes. business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lindsay, let's show hear some the next southern call. females what's what. Hey, JJ, go. This is Lance from Brooklyn. Uh, I'm upstate. Uh, just went to a wedding. The first dance was "Careless Whispers," a song about infidelity with the lead singer's best friend's girl. Uh, Fucking awesome. Uh, love the show. Love you. Bye. That is really fraught territory. Mm. That picking a song yeah. for a wedding. Sure. All love songs have some other weird... Like, that's why all they ever play at weddings is when a man loves a woman. Yeah. Or butterfly kisses when the dad has to dance with the daughter. Like, it is really... I worked for a wedding DJ for a while. It is hard. Yeah. The only things that everyone agrees on is... When a man loves a woman mm-hmm. and kiss by Prince. That's it. Like, really? you know that at the beginning you can play When a Man Loves a Woman and two-thirds of the way through you can play Kiss. Like, when, when shit goes, starts to go wrong, you played a rap record and it turns out that the old people hate you now. Like, whatever. You can just play Kiss. Yeah. That's the only, like, thing that you have. You know, I mean, to some extent you could play, like, the Isley Brothers version of Shout or something like that. But... Mostly, those are your two songs that you can play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's like there are those, and you know, it seems like what you play in between is less important. And there's those like pivotal wedding moments, you know, mm-hmm. like there's those there's those signposts, and you have to nail that with the song. And that's a little bit tougher than just like here are some peppy songs for people who want to dance. Yeah, my my wife and I had to pick a first dance song, mm-hmm. and it was hard. It was hard because. To the extent that we had a song, you know, couples could have a song. Mm-hmm. It was the Roots song, You Got Me, mm-hmm. which is not a song that you're going to, like, slow dance to at a wedding. Sure. The drum and bass break at the end, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it was it seemed like a weird choice. And so we picked a song for you, the Donny Hathaway version of a song for you, which is, like, the most beautiful love song that I'm aware of. But... It's also like 10 minutes long. It has like a three-minute intro. Oh, <laughs> so we had to like work with, with our – luckily the DJ was a friend of ours. So I was like, CJ, like we have to figure out how to bring this in so that we're not just dancing by ourselves in the middle of the floor <laughs> for, for 10, 10 minutes. To a, like, There's all these like orchestral flourishes and shit. And uh, it's a fraught situation. Mm-hmm. It is a fraught situation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean I guess you could just – I guess I mean this, there is a tighter version of that song that I think you can pick, uh, and it kind of has the same vibe. I think you could pick uh, "Kisses Back in the New York Groove." <laughs> sure. Did you did you consider "Back in the New we, York Groove"? Our, our original plan was just to do George Clinton's "Atomic Dog." Mm. Oh, that would have been awesome. Dude. You know, yeah. Just but and, then, but also just do a tender slow dance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, bow, wow, wow, yippee, oh, yippee, sure. Oh, man. See, you got buck tradition sometimes, man, and don't always play 
Have you got a plan? Are you going to play Spodiote Dopalicious <laughs> when... I'm not getting married, so I ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> really? That's you, right. Because you're having already having a hard enough time just putting on that cowboy hat, dealing with Yeah, man. I just ensuing... said sometimes you got to buck tradition, so uh, <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm not getting married at all. Okay. Sorry, sweetie. You, are you going to have uh, children across the globe? Not having children either. Really? That's right. You're just going to do this solo? I mean, nah, I got a girl, and she <laughs> understands me, and that's, I'm good to go. You're like the Highlander. I am the Highlander. <laughs> the Highlander wasn't married. There can only be one. You know, I've heard that the, <laughs> they have said that the, I think it's the second Highlander movie didn't count. I hear really? that the Highlander mythology has discounted the second. One, just one of the Highlander movies. Yeah. That's interesting. And I also hear well, that the the Terminator world says that the third movie didn't happen. You know, I've I have heard that the Highlander world discounted the second movie and substituted the movie Starman. Yeah. So Which the mythology from the things. movie Starman applies to the Highlander mm-hmm. universe. I'm not entirely entirely clear how it applies. Mm-hmm. And actually Terminator, they use the movie Condor Man. Huh. Yeah, the Disney family you can just put in other movies. Yeah, so they yeah. well they want to beef out the, they want to flesh out the world sure. without having to release a bunch of tie-in novels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's ultimately you want something for the nerds to be able to graph and chart. Yeah, you know what I mean. Let, let's take another call here. We got one more call. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and and potential guest. I've had a momentous occasion uh, this last weekend. During some drunken debauchery at a local bar, singing karaoke, uh, I met up with a mom of one of my friends. He's uh, and about this friend, he's about oh, no. 25. He acts like he's 43, and uh, well, he he likes to fight a lot. Um, it's only pertinent because Jeez. I made out with his mom. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, not intentionally. It was we usually just kiss, kiss each other on the cheek, but as both of us were drunk, uh, we ended up frenching on the floor. Um, yeah. All right. Bye. Oh, Jiminy Christmas! <laughs> he likes to. F- uh, I Frenched his mom. <laughs> it's like, like it's he like, likes to fight uh, a lot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wait. I don't, so I guess I don't know where they're at. Does the friend know about it? He didn't reveal it. Yeah. We need some more information on this. The w- information that he gave us was not the essential information. Yeah. Number one, it's not essential to this that you're at karaoke. Karaoke does not lead to Frenching your yeah. friend's mom. There's I mean, no I think in one-to-one general, one relationship. I think in general, like a bar on a karaoke night, people are a little bit drunker than they are on a non-karaoke night, so maybe that is important that, you know, there's there's some, you know, the drinking is a little is a little more intense than it usually is. But yeah, also, f- what happened? Was someone singing a romantic song? Sure. Number one. That's, so that's one piece of information that I don't think mm-hmm. is the right information. Number two, he's 25, but he acts like he's older. Yeah. What the fuck does that have to do with any of this? To fight. <laughs> yes. And number he three. Still, he still pays his bills by mail. Number three is he loves to fight as though old people are always fighting each other. <laughs> as though that's a. Jesse, s- did you see the expendables? 
see The Expendables 2. Basically, the thesis of that movie is that anyone over 40 will kick you in the head for basically no reason. What is this nonsense? (laughs) This is a crazy situation. Have you seen Taken? That's an old person who will punch you in the throat. These things do not explain what's going on. These are superfluous. It's like, yes, it's as though he called us and said, yesterday I was at Disney World. We got a fast pass for Space Mountain. It was great. I always love going to Space Mountain. Anyway. I got thrown out for publicly jacking off. Before that, I ate a churro. Today. I shot today. I shot the vice president. (laughs) Like there are just things that don't. It's not up. The pieces of the puzzle do not make a beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. They are only small, unconnected pieces of the puzzle. You can't even make part of the border of the puzzle from the pieces of the puzzle that he. Or maybe this is maybe this is like that final scene in The Usual Suspects, where we have to kind of you know we need to board. Behind right. us with everything, and we can, you know, maybe get some push pins and gotcha. strings to the. It needs a better illustration. Yeah. Or those scenes in the wire where there are strings attached to everybody. Sure. The, the Polaroids of everybody. Yeah. And that's probably the problem. We need a visual input for this. Mm-hmm. Did you take a video of you making out with your friend's mom? <laughs> oh, man, that's even worse. Do you think they're 25? <laughs> was the mom at. Was the mom. How is he at. Okay. What is a mom doing at a bar? Why moms he... are not allowed in bars? No, but why was alcohol he... kills the fetus? Who why in was this he at a bar? Why was he at a bar with the mom, but not the guy? Because the guy, whose mom it was, was it his birthday party? Well, maybe that's like just the guy. The guy, but he had already gone home. Yeah, that's the only explanation yeah. I can come up with. Maybe the mom is just party mom. Like the guy, maybe. Doesn't doesn't go out because he is a little bit he acts older, so maybe mom's mom's doing the partying for the whole family. Also, why did this stop at first base? Yeah, what? Why didn't what? you fuck the mom? In what scenario are you drunk enough to make out with your friend's mom? But then that's all that happens. Yeah, you've basically like the damage is done. Yeah, exactly. The floodgates are open. Fuck once, the mom. Once the tongue goes in the mouth. You should be intercoursing. Sure. Because you've already breached the social contract. You yeah. might as well get something out of it. Yeah, you might as well just, you know, if you're going to be a monkey, be a gorilla. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> as soon as I find out you done had relations with my mama, oh, bro. And you like to fight, Jasper. Oh, at you, that moment, yes. You like to fight. <laughs> yes. I am pulling out my Highlander sword. <laughs> <laughs> and, your, and your six gun. Yeah, man. It is over, Rover. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm your guest, Jasper Red. Jasper, if we want to go on the internet to learn more about Jasper Red, where should we go on? To the Twitters? Yeah, I am on Twitter under my name, Jasper Red. Red has two Ds. That's right. And I also have a YouTube channel also under my name. Jasper so Red. look for that. That's where you can find Jasper's uh, web series, Hello America. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. I think you should uh, share it with your friends. You should watch it, enjoy it, laugh at mm-hmm. it. I give it a full-throated recommendation. 
in direct contrast to the web videos of our friend Brent Weinbach, also one of the funniest people around. Lord help. Hey, uh, while the while the listener is on YouTube, can I suggest something to watch? Yeah, of course. I I don't know uh, if these will be out at the time of this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but eventually, sometime in the near future, uh, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna have a video series on. Um, IGN's YouTube channel, which oh. is youtube.com That's slash... That's the International Gaming Network. It is. YouTube.com oh, slash yeah. start. Uh, me and some uh, very funny people uh, wrote a, uh, a little kind of a, kind of a sitcom type series about uh, people who work in a GameStop type store. Uh, I think oh. it's going to be called Game Shop. I suggested the name... Uh, Super Turbo video game sitcom to Gaiden. <laughs> I was shot down. Yeah, uh, but I think it's called Game Shop, uh, and it's it's really really funny. I think they uh, they pleaded to us to make it kind of general interest to appeal to a general audience, uh, but I feel like I was able to slip in some very deep cut video game jokes. Great. Is there any Herzog's Vi stuff? There, that's my primary interest. There's no Herzog's Vi. Any references to the but, Genesis game flashback? But, there's not. But I'm very proud of this. There is a run of jokes that happens over several episodes about the Panasonic 3DO. <laughs> <laughs> and they actually had to, um, at the end of the, at the, the end, kind of when these pay off, you actually see the 3DO, and they had to have a PA drive from L.A. to Pomona to get a 3DO, <laughs> which is one of the proudest moments of my showbiz career. What does a 3DO cost in 2012? God, is that a collector's a great, item? No. I mean, I think it's just there are not many of them, and they, you know, I think they went on Craigslist. Because only the one. richest kid in school has oh, one. 3DO. Yeah. This I is not a Neo Geo. I think this is I just a Neo failure. Geo. Really? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, never heard of it. 3DO was also like a $500. It was. It was, it was right? expensive, yeah, man. Maybe. Thank you, Jasper. Yeah. Thank it you was, very it, much. It was highly expensive. Look, I know a thing or two about video games. Sure. Sega Master System, mm-hmm. NHL Hockey. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> two things. So two things. Two things. And yeah, so so this is a this is a rare thing and and it was just a real delight to kind of kind of write something just off a, a flight of fancy and then have some poor underpaid guy have to bust his ass to get it. You're also one of the stars of the show. I am one of the stars of this show. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of super funny people uh, in the show. Some of them you have heard on Jordan Jesse Go. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 scan the YouTube for this thing. And uh, for God's sakes, please leave a nice comment because... That's all anyone cares about. <laughs> because we're going to get obliterated. <laughs> the first couple episodes of this show... <laughs> Are going to have so much homophobia and racism. Yeah. Don't read the comments yeah. ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Do not look under your bed. That's, <laughs> that's what I call it. Don't look under yes, your bed because there are racist, homophobic <laughs> yeah, you monsters. Find them monsters. Yeah, man. Don't look under your bed. So yeah, but it goes a long way with the people who are deciding whether whether or not to give us more money to make more. If you just leave a nice comment, yeah. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. 